This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. Even in the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic, there's no stopping this year's Super Bowl showdown between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. While the winner of the Vince Lombardi Trophy is up for grabs, we already know the biggest losers. The hundreds of young girls and boys, some as young as nine years old, who will be bought and sold for sex as many as 20 times per day during the course of the big game. It's common to refer to this evil practice, which has become the fastest growing business in organized crime and the second most lucrative commodity traded illegally after drugs and guns as child sex trafficking. But what we're really talking about is rape. Adults purchase children for sex at least 2.5 million times a year in the United States. It's estimated that the number of children who are at risk of being trafficked or have already been sold into the sex trade will fill 1,300 school buses. Yet, as shocking as those numbers may be, this COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in even greater numbers of children being preyed upon by child sex traffickers. According to a recent study on human trafficking during the pandemic by Thomas Reuters and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, school closures due to the pandemic, which have forced children out of school and subjected them to more online exposure, have made them especially vulnerable to sexual predators. The internet, with its webcams and chat rooms, a necessity for virtual classrooms, has become the primary means of pimps targeting young children. One in five kids online are sexually propositioned through gaming platforms and other social media, and those non-contact-oriented forms of sexual exploitation are increasing, says researcher Brian Olisney, who wrote the Thomas Reuters study. Folks, it's not just young girls who are vulnerable to these predators either. According to a USA Today investigative report, Boys make up about 36% of children caught up in the U.S. sex industry. About 60% are female, and less than 5% are transgender males and females. Consider this for a moment. Every two minutes, a child is bought and sold for sex. On average, a child may be raped by 6,000 men during a five-year period. It is estimated that at least 100,000 to 500,000 children, girls and boys, are being bought and sold for sex in the U.S. every year, with as many as 300,000 children in danger of being trafficked each year. Some of these children are forcibly abducted, others are runaways, and still others are sold into the system by relatives and acquaintances. Child rape has become big business in America. This is not a problem found only in big cities, however. It's happening everywhere, right under our noses in suburbs, cities, and towns across the country. As Ernie Allen of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children points out, and I'm quoting here, the only way not to find this in any American city is to simply not look for it. Every year, the ages of girls and boys being bought and sold get younger and younger. The average age of being trafficked is 13. Yet, as the head of a group that combats trafficking points out, let's think about what average means. That means there are children younger than 13. That means 8, 9, 10-year-olds. Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's dirty little secret. But what or who is driving this evil appetite for young flesh? 
Who buys a child for sex? Ordinary men from all walks of life. They could be your co-worker, your doctor, your pastor, or your spouse, writes journalist Tom Swarens, who spent more than a year investigating sex trade in America. According to criminal investigator Mark Shatteron, these buyers, the so-called ordinary men who drive the demand for sex with children, represent a cross-section of American society, every age, every race, every socioeconomic background, cops, teachers, correction workers, pastors, and so on. And then there are the extraordinary men such as Jeffrey Epstein and his cronies who belong to a powerful, wealthy, elite segment of society that operates according to its own sordid rules. Still, where did this appetite for young girls come from? Look around you. Young girls have been sexualized for years now in music videos, on billboards, and television ads, and in clothing stores. Marketers have created a demand for young flesh and a ready supply of over-sexualized children. Indeed, as I document in an earlier column, the culture is grooming these young people to be preyed upon by sexual predators. Social media makes it all too easy. As one news center reported, and I'm quoting here, finding girls is easy for pimps. They look on social networks. They and their assistants cruise malls, high schools, and middle schools. They pick them up at bus stops, on the trolley. Girl-to-girl recruitment sometimes happens. Foster homes and youth shelters have also become prime targets for traffickers. That so many children continue to be victimized, brutalized, and treated like human cargo is due to three things. One, a consumer demand that is increasingly lucrative for everyone involved except the victims. Two, a level of corruption so invasive on both a local and international scale that there's little hope of working through established channels for change. And three, an eerie silence from individuals who fail to speak out against this atrocity. Unfortunately, while the government's war on sex trafficking, much like the government's war on terrorism, drugs, and crime, which I describe in greater detail in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, has become a perfect excuse for inflicting more police state tactics, police checkpoints, searches, surveillance, and heightened security on a vulnerable population. It has done little to protect our children from sex predators. Like so many evils in our midst, sex trafficking and the sexualization of young people is a cultural disease that is rooted in the American police state's heart of darkness. It speaks to a sordid, far-reaching corruption that stretches from the highest seats of power, governmental and corporate, down to the most hidden corners and relies on our silence and our complicity to turn a blind eye to wrongdoing. And it's time to speak up. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.